I never dreamed how much I would actually enjoy podcasting. When it was first suggested to me, I'll be honest, I was a bit intimidated by the thought. But when I found Anchor, I quickly realized how easy this was going to be. Anchor provides me with the tools to record and edit right within their program. I don't need additional software. I didn't even need to know how to distribute the podcast because they do it all for me. I would not be where I am today as a podcaster without Anchor. It's all you need and completely free. If you are looking to get started, download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to your midweek check-in. The whole purpose of these check-ins, you know, covert narcissism can get so hard to keep clear in your head. You can be so clear on it one day and feel like, oh, I've got this. And the very next day, everything just seems all muddy again. And that's extremely common when you're dealing with a covert narcissist. So the point of these weekly check-ins is just to give you, you know, little summaries of all the things we've been talking about over the last year so that you can keep some of your own thoughts straight and kind of remember, oh yeah, that's why I feel this way or that way. These are little check-ins on these big, massive topics that we've been discussing over the last months. So today's weekly check-in is over circular conversations and the lack of give in a covert narcissist. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, and let's dive in. So circular conversations, people talk about these all the time. And the first time I heard the phrase, I knew exactly what they were talking about. I had been living that for years, and, and I didn't understand, you know, that, and it actually had a name. Like, that was so, so validating to me that other people got what I was going through because I didn't know how to put it into words. These aren't conversations, they're verbal competitions. They're even warfare. You know, there's there's no such thing as um, spontaneity. There's no such thing as reconciliation. There's no, everything is calculated and manipulated. And, and so like when you're talking in one of these types of conversations and they're extremely common with covert narcissists, you can't be relaxed. You can't just naturally talk to this person, spontaneously talk to this person. Everything is manipulated. And it's the single most painful place that I've ever experienced. It's so lonely. It's so destitute. Like, and, and you're just trapped. You, you can't get out. And I mean, absolutely trapped. And nothing you say is going to change the course of the conversation. You can feel in one minute that you're going in a positive direction and wham, you're right back where you were like an hour ago in, in the midst of this you know, negativity that you're just rolling around in. You can't keep the conversation going in a positive direction. You just can't do it. And you find yourself, you know, defending everything you've ever done, said, or even thought. You're defending a look you had or the way you breathe or whatever. You know, your guard's up and, and you're walking on eggshells. All of this is those circular conversations. There's no give and take. And it goes hand in hand with that lack of give that we're going to talk about in the second half of this episode. So... Eight signs of a circular conversation. I did this in a couple of podcasts, you know, several months ago. Um, and so I'm just going to review them real quick here so you can kind of just keep your thoughts straight on it. Number one, you find yourself teaching a full-grown adult about basic communication skills and basic human emotions. The things we all learn as children, you're actually trying to talk to a, you're trying to teach a full-grown adult how to talk nicely to people. And I mean, basic niceness, basic courtesies, things that they should know already and have already put together. 
Number two, you find yourself thinking, if I could just find the right words, then he would stop doing this. That right there is a sign of a circular conversation because that means in your head, you are just going round and round and round trying to find the right way, that magical phrase or, or way to say something that he will finally go, oh, now I understand. That, oh, now I understand is never going to happen. It's not going to happen when you're with a covert narcissist. And that's that lack of give that's coming up here, you know, in the second half. So, all right. Number three, these conversations are antagonistic and combative. You know, I reached a point where I remember telling one of my friends, I don't even know how to have a normal conversation with my husband anymore. And I say husband, for me, it was my husband. I fully recognize that for many of you, it's your wife. Uh, or, or a female partner. This can be male or female. This does not limit uh, to, to a husband or to a male. Just because I say that, that's because that's my experience with this. And, and I reached a point where I said, I don't know how to have a normal conversation. It's like normal conversations didn't exist anymore. Because in a normal conversation, you've got give and take, you've got connection, you've got, you know, uh, reconciliation, you've got all of these things. And that does not happen with a covert narcissist. This is verbal competition. Number four goes hand in hand with that. There's no resolution in these conversations. You know, that place where you've been in a heated conversation with a loved one. And, and finally, you know, one of you or both of you kind of go, oh man, I'm so sorry for making this so difficult. And both of you are able to say that and both of you feel some humbleness and, and compassion towards each other. That's such a true moment of reconciliation. This does not exist with a narcissistic person. And with a covert narcissist, you know, it does not exist, but you're going to get little glimpses of it. You're going to think you're almost there. It's just enough good that you almost feel like that you're going to get there, which just leaves you trapped for longer. You will never get there. Number five, they use the topic switcheroo. You know, if they don't like the direction that the conversation's going, they will shift it on a dime. That shift that's like, how in the world did we get here? You know, you were talking about, hey, I didn't like the way you talked to me this morning. And, and what was that all about? And you're trying to kind of figure out why they were having such an off morning or a rough morning. And the next thing you know, switched in a heartbeat. It's you know, well, a month ago when you yelled at me or when you, when you, you know, slammed the car door or whatever, and, and all of a sudden we're, we're in a whole different place and a whole different, and you're now, you know, defending yourself or apologizing for stuff that you will apologize for, for months and years. Number seven, you walk away thinking what in the world just happened? You walk away feeling completely clueless. Are we good? I don't know. Are we bad? I don't know. These conversations, they're like no other. And your head is left just completely spinning. Things that were said don't make sense. How did, how did we get there? Why are we talking about this? And you feel as though you have used every ounce of energy you have. And yet you have accomplished absolutely nothing. You are no closer to a genuine connection in this relationship than you were before that all started two, three, four hours ago. Add to that, you replay this conversation over and over and over in your head for hours, even days, obsessing over things you should have said or could have said, or maybe could have said better. You lay out a million different arguments in your head, but none of that will ever actually get spoken. Number eight, they give you the silent treatment. 
Now, I've talked about this on here before. I'm not talking about the silent treatment where they'll ignore you for days or weeks or whatever. I'm talking about in the actual conversation, holding that moment of intense silence. Like, like, like I've asked a question to them and said, you know, well, well, why did you say it this way? And what did you mean when, when you said this? And then there's this long pause. And that long pause is so thick and and tense. And if I say something during that pause, well, now I I get reprimanded for interrupting him. And you, you know, don't talk while I'm trying to think. And, And I get some of that. And if I leave, like, I feel like the conversation's over because the pause is that long. But if I start to do something else, like, let's say I even just start to to fold some laundry because the laundry's sitting there beside me. Well, then he's mad at me because, you know, well, you're not paying attention. Well, you're not saying anything. You know, it, it's a very uncomfortable and awkward silence. Now, that's all circular conversation. And, and it goes hand in hand with that lack of give. The lack of give that we experience in the relationship is part of why we end up in these circular conversations. They really go uh, hand in hand with each other. The lack of give that I'm talking about is the absence of the regular flow of give and take that makes you feel like you're uh, like you matter in the conversation. It makes you feel like like you're being heard, and then you do the same thing to help them to feel heard and to feel like they matter. And when you don't have that with with a covert narcissist, you feel like you're just talking to a void. It is extremely painful. It's exhausting, crushes your spirit, and is quite damaging. I'm going to give you some very specific examples. In regular conversations, people validate each other's thoughts and feelings. They confirm that, you know, what they're hearing from the other person. Little sounds like, um, you know, "Uh uh-huh, or wow, get it, you know. Little comments, "I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, or hey, that's great. Little bitty things that don't really interrupt what you're saying but validate what you're saying. You know, even gestures, a nod, a smile, you know, a shrug of the shoulders, different things that again, uh, validate that other person. And if you watch in normal conversations with people, we do this to each other all the time. People react to each other in conversation. And these remarks, they show understanding, agreement, support. Sometimes they can show disagreement, but they validate your interaction with this person and you don't feel like you're talking into an empty void. This is not so with a covert narcissist. There is no feedback, no interaction, no validation in your conversation. Now, you might get the occasional negative feedback. You know, they throw their hands up and walk away or they roll their eyes and turn around or or whatever, you might get some of that. But in general, just in a normal conversation with them, I say normal, but that word is, you know, take it for what it means. But in just a daily conversation with them, you're not going to get the feedback. You don't get the, oh, I hear what you're saying. Or, you know, a a nod that, you know, an agreement, any of that kind of stuff, you don't get it. And you get to a spot in the conversation where people naturally do interject something like that. And so you you kind of pause in conversations. You, you pause waiting for that validation from the other person and the covert narcissist gives you nothing. You get silence, awkwardness, emptiness. Again, that's part of that silent treatment, but it's a, it's a unique kind of silent treatment. It's, it's very, um, just very empty. And, and so you go on talking, 
wondering, am I being heard? Uh, am I making sense? Does he disagree with what I'm saying? Does, you know, do they get what, what I'm saying? Do they not understand? And so you even start feeling defensive because you feel that their silence is due to maybe they disagree with you or maybe they're disappointed in you or something negative. And so then you feel the need to explain yourself even more. And so you just keep talking, explaining yourself more. And of course, this only upsets the covert narcissist. Now they're mad at you for repeating yourself or, you know, you've told me that before or, you know, you don't have to explain it like that. I understand. I'm not a child. And But they get so defensive as, or, as opposed to just saying, yeah, I get what you're saying. That little comment right there, yeah, I get what you're saying. That doesn't come from a covert narcissist. That stone cold silence that they give hurts. It leaves you feeling insecure, unworthy of their time. Like you're just an inconvenience to them. You doubt what you're saying and you feel like you have to explain everything just to be heard or understood. Now, why can't covert narcissists offer any give in conversations? Why? You know, it's, it's that little space in the conversation where you you give the other person a little bit of space to be right or to be validated. Like what I'm talking about to save face, you know, and, and in order to do this, when you give that person some give, you also are willing to carry some of the blame maybe for the conflict. If you, if you've had a conflict with a person and, uh, or a potential issue and, and you say something like, you know, I could have said it better. Uh, sorry about that. That's a little bit of give. You're giving a little bit of room to the other person to save face. Maybe they got mad at you, but you're willing to carry a, just a little bit of it. And you say, you know, you probably didn't mean it that way. I, I interpreted it, you know, differently. And, and I'm sorry, that one's on me. These are things we do, especially for people we love. We're willing to carry some of that blame. But this is not true with a covert narcissist. They can't give you that room for you to be a little bit human. They can't even validate you when you're saying things that are not conflict or, or an issue. What happens when you give some give to that covert narcissist? I want you to think about this for a minute. You got a covert narcissist in your life. And let's say you give those little amounts of, of give to them. I have, I'm playing with the word here a little bit. So here's what I mean. You're in conversation and they're mad at you for saying something and you don't think you said it that way, but they think you said it that way. And so you're kind of trapped in that little circular conversation and you say to them, okay, I may have said it that way. And before you can even say anything else, they pounce on it. I know you said it that way. They're not giving you room. They don't give you the space. You, you know, you might've been trying to say, I may have said it that way. I don't remember that. And I'm sorry for the issue we're having just to try to get the steam out of the air. But what do they do? They pounce on it. I know you said it that way. What do you mean you think, you know, this is what you get uh, back from that person. Let's say you, you use offer a little bit of give that says, you know, I can see how you might've felt that way. And you're trying to, to open that door for some give and they're going to pounce on that. No, you made me feel that way. This is that negative reaction, that intense reaction you get from them. And, and this goes on and on and on. I can give you a thousand examples, but everything you say can and will be used against you. You offer a little bit of give to them and they are going to use that against you. Well, this is what that covert narcissist experienced in their own childhood. With a parent or a significant person in their life, they learned 
as a child that they cannot offer that give in a, in a relationship and communication with this other person. You know, from what I see in my own situation and the thousands of victims that I have worked with, when they were growing up, they just didn't have the freedom for that give. You know, for my husband, it was his father. And, and when he would talk to his father, there was no room for that give because if he offered a little bit of give, his father pounced on him. And so this is how he grew up. And they, they just learned that give is never safe. And so they have no give. They can't. They've built layers of defensiveness around that. And so that, that ability to give the other person some space, that's just gone. That it, it either doesn't exist or it's just buried under all the walls of defensiveness. And so give in their mind or in their heart, give means attack. And when you learn as a child that something's not safe, it absolutely sticks with you. So what do you do about this? There's a couple of tactics that I've, that I've given people, a couple of things of points to ponder. And I'm going to go through these real quick here. One is you need to accept that they are never going to accept your perspective. It is never going to happen. They're never, you know, going to, to give you that little bit that says, oh, I see what you're talking about. I see what you're saying. You know, we often end up staying in these conversations due to our own desire to help them to see our perspective. We want them to validate how we feel. They, we want them to see our side of things. Yet no matter how good we get at explaining our viewpoint, and over the years I've gotten pretty good at it, they are still not going to give you that. They are determined not to. They can't because it would mean they have to give, and that's just not a safe territory for them. Number two, you need to understand that this has nothing to do with you. This comes from their background. It is deeply ingrained in them. What you say and do doesn't actually matter. Their reactions and defenses are not because of you. They are not because of whatever just happened right now today. They are not because of something you said or how you said it. All of this comes from a background where they learned to hide and live behind very thick defensive walls. Number three, one tactic that I want to give you for when you do have to interact with them. Narcissists cannot stand for you to be right about anything. They can't give you that. And so no matter what, they will disagree with you. They will put up those defensive walls. It's not even that they put them up. They're always up. And, and they will do anything to put themselves in the superior position over you. So here's what you do. Before you actually have to have a conversation with them, with them, it'd be, be he, or, or he or she, so I try to use they or them. And, and whether, you know, when you're ready to have this conversation with them and you know ahead of time, this is going to be a hard conversation. You know, I think they're going to react, you know, to this conversation. So before you say a word, you tell them, now, I know this is going to make you mad, or I know that you're going to react to this in a hard way. Anything like that, you know, you say, I know this is going to make you mad, but I need to tell you something. And then you tell them, well, now they're trapped. They're, they're kind of stuck. They're going to have to keep their cool just to prove you wrong. And I'm going to tell you that a lot of them will do this, especially with covert narcissists, because they care so much about their image. And so they will keep their cool just so at the end of the conversation, they can say, see, you were wrong. I didn't get mad about that. 
well, that's fine. You just respond, oh, okay, thank you. And you walk away. What do you care? You have nothing to prove to them. You know, you got what you wanted. You were able to have the conversation with them in a, in a calmer way. You know, at least it's improvement. And you're able to walk away. Does this mean then that you forgive them for everything they've ever done and you stay in the relationship? Absolutely not. But it means that you're capable of, of kind of manipulating things around a little bit. Yes, manipulating things around a little bit. Remember that manipulation is what they brought to the table. So if you're going to have to try to get out of this relationship and you've got tough conversations to handle in the process, then use some of these tools to your advantage. The last thing I want to leave you with is remember, you have nothing to prove to them. So stop trying. I wish you much peace on your journey of healing. I want to invite each one of you to join us on Patreon. Patreon is one of our newest platforms, only been there for a few months. It is a membership site, but the, the membership cost is as low as I could possibly get it. The, the cost of a cup of coffee. And it'll give you a whole month's worth of access to our resources. It's kind of a home base for a lot of the work that I do. And I think you, I know you will not be disappointed in what you find there. One of the things we're doing right now is tidbits of revelations. It's a semi-weekly, uh, which is twice a week, release of information where you can keep your thoughts clear, things to ponder in this covert narcissistic world so that you can keep your thoughts clear, get your eyes out of the fog and get on a solid path of healing. So come join us there. It's www.patreon.com forward slash covert narcissism. I hope to see you there. Thank you.